Anything's possible though, because you know Bitcoin is money, so you know money talk, man. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Coin Telegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email. As citizens of the internet, we demand transparency. Here, we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain industries, fintech, and more. But we're not experts. We're just three guys in the Bitcoin community. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 115 of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm host number two, D. And I'm host number three, Corey. Cello is out sick with strep. Yep. Thanks, kids. He's got the strep throat monster. So we're going dual on this episode. Um, gonna be We're going to jump straight into the interview here in a little bit. But first, we're going to break you guys off with some good information. What is that information? Well, first off, you should use escrow services. <laughs> yep. And if you're going to use escrow services, escrow my bits is the way to go. Yep. It's simple. It's cheap. Mm-hmm. Go to the website, escrowmybits.com. They have a video. It's animated. It's pretty. Sounds good. Tells you exactly how to use it. And the three easy steps. Go mm-hmm. there. Boss. I most recently called someone a child. Because they didn't know how to use escrow, or they didn't know what escrow was. And for that, I apologize. I can see that's a bit brash. <laughs> I see that now. This is also a groundbreaking episode, because I am right next to Corey right now. And we have a mic. And this yeah, is pretty cool. We're actually in the studio, yeah. talking on a single mic, not doing Skype channels. So the audio may be better. It may be terrible. We don't know. Trying something out. Yeah. We this is cool though. It's like we got a studio. We 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 should call this the studio. This is the studio. Anyways, so uh, what else do we have going on for you guys? One, Bitcoin price is doing awesome. So I just want to throw that in there before we hit you guys with another ad. We're at what one thousand seventy as of this morning. Uh, China keeps trying to beat China, and the Bitcoin price is saying we don't give a dang. Dang, we can't curse anymore, right? I caught myself. That's right, so you can listen to this with your kids, guy. Um, so what do we what do we got? Another ad, right? So, oh, if you want to surf the web, if you want to do things on the web and you don't want to know like where people where, where you don't want people to know where you are and stuff, you can use a VPN. And not just any VPN. What kind of VPN, Corey? Private internet access VPN. I actually use this this quite a bit and it's so cheap. It's like what three less than three dollars and fifty cents a month for cheap. up to five simultaneous devices to essentially obfuscate the traffic that you do to your internet service provider. So nobody knows what you look at except for you. At mm-hmm. all. What you do, how you do it, so on and so forth. It's cheap, it's easy. They got clients that do, that'll work on whatever devices you have. Linux, Mac OS. Android, Windows, whatever. Download it, push the start button, it goes, it works, it's fast. Yep. Obfuscate. Obfuscate is today's GRE word. 
for Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what other ads do we do? Athena Bitcoin. That's right. Athena thank, Bitcoin. Thank you, Athena Bitcoin, for sponsoring our meetup. So now the meetup in Philly, uh, organized by the one and only Bitcoin Viking himself, Ken, Ken Bosak, who talks Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. Uh, please visit his YouTube. Just type in Ken Bosak, the Bitcoin show, I think. Bitcoin talk show. Talking with talking Bitcoin with Ken. Talking Bitcoin Ken talk, Bitcoin time. And that's on YouTube.com. Um, yeah, so Athena Bitcoin. Uh, they got ATMs everywhere. Um, mostly in Texas. No, they got a lot in Florida. They got a lot in Florida now? Yeah, Miami. They oh. got some in Georgia. They got some in... There's another place. I was looking at them the other day. They got a ton. Um, mostly on the mostly on the East Coast yep. in Texas. But they're spreading. They're cheap. They're easy. It's a really quick way to get Bitcoin for, you know, whatever you want without having to go through a, you know, a different service. You just go up to an ATM, put your money in, get Bitcoin in a wallet, done. Or cash out with Bitcoin you have. You ain't got to go to local Bitcoins and, and meet people in person or talk to people. None of that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, because fuck humanity, right? Oh. Ah. Dang it. Lost it again. Don't we get one F word and it's still PG-13? I don't know. Yeah, we get one F word. Michael Bay uses this trick a lot. He'll drop one F word in a film and it's still PG-13. Yeah, so this episode, we talked to Evan Van Ness, who does This Week in Ethereum, yep. which you can find at weekinethereum.com. I follow... Um, this is essentially a newsletter for keeping up to date with what happened in the Ethereum space because people are developing things so fast, a lot of projects, a lot of dates to remember, a lot of nonsense, a lot of great stuff. It's hard to keep up, and he does a good job of telling you, distilling it down and providing mm -hmm. a nice place to go to find all the important stuff, blogs, developer talks, videos, ICOs, whatever you want. Uh, so... I thought I'd get him on the show, talk to him, and see how he feels about the space, where he thinks it's going, so on and so forth. I think it's yeah. best if we just get into it, because it ends up being a long interview, uh, where we just kind of talk around what we think is going on. and In the crypto world. In the crypto world. Yeah, man. Things are moving fast in this industry. You got to stay into it. Can you say, Corey, can you say Evan Van Ness loves Evanescence vehemently? Five Evan times Van Ness loves Evanescence vehemently. Five Evan times Van Ness. I just screwed it up. That's two. <laughs> Evan Van Ness loves Evanescence vehement. Via, I can't even say it once. <laughs> it's a challenge to you guys. If you can record, record yourselves either via video or audio saying Evan Van Ness loves Evanescence vehemently five times fast with no mistakes, then and you do it first, then I will send you ten dollars in Bitcoin. That's your challenge this week. How are they going to get us? Get it to us? Tweet us. They're going to tweet it with hashtag. Um, who cares? Hashtag who cares? Hashtag you, who the, cares? That's the audio you need, you need to send us for 10 bucks in Bitcoin. Video or audio. First person to do it. Evan Venice loves FNSs vehemently. Five times fast. Five times fast. Without fail. No mistakes. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, without further ado, we've got the interview here from Evan Venice uh, this week in Ethereum. Here it is. So. Today we have Evan Van Ness from, was it This Week in Ethereum uh, newsletter? Tell us, about, tell us a little about yourself. Give, give yourself an introduction on who you are, 
where you come from, how you got into the space, um, how you started the newsletter, and um, what you do in your in your daily life. Yeah, so I um, I'm live in Houston, Texas. Uh, I work for Ticket Leap. We're a, a, a do-it-yourself ticketing company, so anybody can sell tickets online um, for their community organization or church or synagogue or whatever uh, through us. Um, conferences, events, big and small. Um, uh, yeah, so I, how did I get into Ethereum? Um, or Bitcoin, blockchain, Ethereum, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, yeah. how, how, how did you, how did you start? And then how did you move into what you do now? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I guess I should be careful what I say about Bitcoin. I, I've never been a Bitcoiner. You know, I heard about it in 2000. I don't know, nine or 2010, like at the very beginning. Um, and I, I wasn't, a, I didn't get it back then as an investment. <laughs> um, and I, I still don't get it now to, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I, but I did somewhere along the line, get it as a technology. Um, whereas I, I didn't get it, you know, in 2009, 2010 as a technology, it was just like, just, all right, it was another digital cash project. I didn't think really much about it. Um, Maybe somewhere along, you know, 2012, I, I heard, you know, I started to realize that it was actually pretty cool technology. And so I wanted to, you know, learn more about that, um, even if I didn't really get it as an investment. Um, and even more so, I was more interested in like what would, you know, solve some of the of the of the problems I saw with Bitcoin, like scalability and and, you know, electricity usage. Um, so when when Ethereum you know, when, when Vitalik, you know, I don't even know if it's when he published the white paper or when he started talking about it, but, uh, I heard, I saw it on a, on a message board somewhere, uh, and I was instantly pretty interested in it. Whereas I really hadn't been interested in anything, uh, you know, up until that point. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, he published the white paper, uh, you know, on one of the very first posts that he, he put up on Ethereum, uh, the Ethereum blog, the official Ethereum.org blog, I commented, I said something stupid, like, you know, I don't even remember what I said. It was just something dumb. And he replied, um, and I went to look and see if you could still find that, but they wiped all those comments out. So I'm kind of glad since it was a dumb comment. Oh, you got to have that in history, like locked in. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's probably somewhere somewhere along the line. It wasn't like terrible or anything. It was just like a dumb little comment. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm interested in you know in the Ethereum because uh, decentralize everything. You know, I mean that's uh, I've said that a few times here and there on on Reddit and whatnot. But to me, like uh, you know, a lot of what's wrong with society is centralization, you know, because it leads to, um, you know, power. Centralization is power, and power to me is, you know, is leads to corruption. Uh, so that's that's what excites me is, you know, not that not that you know decentralized technology is going to solve all the world's ills, but maybe it can make it a better place by decentralizing things. Yeah. So okay, I, I feel like if I had to guess on why you created this newsletter. So for those that the listeners that don't know, you create a newsletter that it's a weekly newsletter. I think it's this week in Ethereum that kind of gives a synopsis or a recap of what 
important things have happened in the space, specifically in Ethereum. Uh, and it's kind of broken down by like, you know, developer news, big updates, important dates to note. Uh, it's, it's, I look forward to it every week personally because I, I try and follow the space and it's always nice to look at what someone else has curated to give me another kind of perspective of what other people might feel important if they're spending more time looking at it than I am. So it's a really good kind of broad overview of what the hell's going on in the space. Uh, how did, I feel like you might've started doing that because you were trying to almost build a log for yourself to keep track of what the hell is going on because so much happens in the space, just in Ethereum. Is that, is that right? Or like, what, what made you start doing it? Um, yeah, I've told a bunch of different stories about why I started the newsletter uh, and they're all, they're all true, but you know, I guess there's a, a bunch <laughs> of different sides to it. Uh, one of the, one of the things I've said is that, you know, I was having replicating conversations that I was having with friends. So the first issue had six subscribers and it was basically your friends, six of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it might actually have been five friends. I think one friend subscribed twice. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I didn't, I wanted, I didn't want to have the same conversations with, with people that I was, I felt, I felt like I was starting to have like over and over again. Um, and I, I thought that it was going to be maybe early on, it was going to be more of me writing, um, and less, less curation. Um, um, and that I still put in my own thoughts from time to time on, on, on subjects, um, especially token sales. Uh, I, you know, I, I've passed the CFA exam, so I, I work in finance to some degree. Um, and I, uh, you know, I'm interested in investing and, and, and talking about token sales and structuring deals and, and things like that. Um, what's bullshit? What's not bullshit? Yeah. Well, that's interesting is I, I sort of thought that I was going to spend more time talking about what I thought was a good investment and what, you know, particularly I thought was a bad investment. Uh, and I found that, uh, you know, I don't actually like doing that as much as I thought I, I did. Um, <laughs> I just don't, you know, as somebody who's like done some entrepreneurial stuff in my, in my background, um, I don't like, you know, dissing other people's projects. Like even if I don't want to put money in, cause I think they're probably not going to make it like, uh, you know, I, yeah, just, I, I, I'd rather be supportive rather than like tear them down. Um, and even some of these projects that look like scams to me, like it's possible that they're legit projects, right? So the way I uh, kind of see it is that you have kind of a, like a slew of people coming into the space. Some of them have really good ideas and they're grasping to try and find the easiest way to distribute that idea. So they kind of latch on to ethereum in a sense of like i'm just trying to find a way to distribute my idea and other people who are like really into the technology that are looking to find a reason to do like a really good ico they kind of people coming from both perspectives tend to have like yeah they do the tech perfectly but their idea may be shit or they have a really good idea but they're just kind of flopping into the tech and maybe not do it in like a really good like secure satisfying satisfying way and so you can have this kind of really kind of milieu of different types of ICOs or offerings that it's really hard to parse what's what's worth it and what's not. Yeah, I I think that's fair. You know, it's everybody makes the in the space makes the comparison to, you know, the dot com bubble and the adoption of the internet. And uh I mean I I think like all analogies it has its limits, but I think that's totally fair. I mean you can go back to 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 those days and 
Um, you know, there were MBA students that like just raised, you know, millions of dollars with, uh, with a business plan, you know, like they had no idea what they were doing, you know, like e-tailers or whatever. Um, but you know, some of those like actually created successful businesses. Some of them failed miserably, especially if they got in at the wrong time and, you know, the unit economics were terrible and they couldn't secure another round of funding. But, um, you know, some of them did go on and create big businesses. Some of them also created businesses that were worth $200 million and then went to zero, you know, like mm -hmm. when they, when, when the funding freeze happened. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, I, there, like I said, there, there are people like that, like you said, you know, that are just, just have an idea and are coming in cause they see opportunity, um, rushing into whatever's hot, but you know, some of those people will be successful too. You know, I, I mean, I, it's uh, it's the, the the tough thing to to pick winners, you know. I mean, that's what makes it fun as an investor is trying to figure out what will be successful and what won't. So, do you feel like you look at the space more through the lens of an investor than you do as a technologist? Because your 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 newsletter definitely captures, I feel like a, a good portion of the entire space, right? You have it's not just focused towards financial investing. It's you know, this is what's happening for developers. These are cool things. These are like important ICO updates. These are, you know, important news for the community. These are, you know, recent projects that are just started that have announced themselves, that type of thing. So you're not, it's not a single minded lens. When you look at the newsletter, what do you feel is excites you the most? And kind of like, what do you expect? What, what do you, what do you give a shit about? Yeah, I guess I, I, I want it to be successful from the perspective of I care about decentralization, uh, helping society. Um, and to, to, to that degree right now, uh, you know, the most important thing is getting more developers building on the platform. So, uh, I, you know, I'm interested in the token sales, so I, I talk about that stuff. But I also, I've always wanted to make sure, especially as it, the, it started growing, um, I think one of the valuable services, you know, to maybe provide is, uh, help developers stay off Reddit, <laughs> help them stay off Twitter. <laughs> you know, it's some one thing I can do now that, you know, is I'm learning to code in solidity myself, but you know, I'm not doing any project myself, you know, I'm not building truffle or anything like that. So one thing I can do is help developers stay focused on their own project by <laughs> giving them you know, news that they can use, um, and not feel like they need to be on Reddit and worry about miss, missing something. Well, that's, that's a perfect transition to uh, like, are you spending all of your time on Reddit or like, are, are the people just getting a curated sense of Reddit or are you going outside of your source? So it's, I found it very difficult to find good sources of news in, in this entire space, whether it be Bitcoin, blockchain, Ethereum, and and trying to vet the information that I read, so I've I've essentially right. have a few people that I will pick from, or that I that I trust, and then I get most of my news from them, and then I still kind of peruse Reddit, so on and so forth, to get kind of the general sense of what's going on. Like if your if your partial goal is to keep people off Reddit, is your newsletter just a distilled version of Reddit? Uh, I have heard that criticism. I mean, I I. I... I would say that right now, most of the community is still on Reddit. I think it's decreasingly so. Um, you know, in the early days, it was pretty much all Reddit, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, a, you know, if you were doing Ethereum news, then you were going to be distilling Reddit. 
I, I think it's it's a little bit less so now, and it's it's headed towards the less so. Um, but you know, I, I don't think it's an entirely unfair criticism to say that I'm distilling Reddit uh, because to this day, I mean, most of what happens in Ethereum is on Reddit. So that's that's uh, very fair. I mean, anything I try, that I tr- yeah. Anything that happens gets, gets filtered through. If it's not from the original creator of the content, someone's reposting it immediately to Reddit because they want that karma. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Um, I found some some stuff, you know, occasionally that doesn't get posted to Reddit, and you know, I put it in the newsletter, or I post it to Reddit myself, and then and then I put it in the newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do you have you found as? Because I feel, I mean, I would have to imagine the newsletter has grown much probably much more rapidly than you initially anticipated because you thought it was just going to be kind of you not repeating yourself to friends and if i had to guess you're probably one of the better newsletters in the ethereum space for people to kind of keep track or keep an idea of the pulse if they don't want to just sit on reddit all day themselves um is that that right yeah i don't know if there's anybody else that really has a newsletter uh, I mean, I think it's probably the biggest one. I don't, um, yeah. How does that make it's you feel? To say. Uh, I don't mean, I don't know. I guess there's pressure to make sure that it stays, uh, good. <laughs> um, is that what motivates I mean, you to like, continue doing it? Like, is it like, are you, do you have sponsors? Do you continue to get paid or is it, is it kind of, you would like to provide this news source to the community because, you are the one that a lot of people look for, look look for to get the get what's going on. Yeah, it. I mean, definitely, it uh, it doesn't does not provide a good return on investment. <laughs> Any I, sort I can, of hourly I can, rate. I can say the same thing based on the amount of hours I put in this podcast. It does yeah. not <laughs> compensate me nearly as much as my normal day job. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe maybe I'm building a reputation that pays off in the future. I mean, that would be great. Um, you know, I really do care about seeing Ethereum succeed. So, uh, you know, the, the mission of, of helping developers stay focused on their projects, you know, resonates with me. Um, I, the, the feedback I get is, is almost entirely good, which is, you know, surprising for the internet. Um, like everybody is really positive and even, you know, Ethereum is a very positive community, but, um, you know, even there there's, you know, some negativity, but none of that has hit me. So that's, that's, that's nice and appreciated. Uh, I have a, a tip address that I stick at the end of of the newsletter, um, and I'm, I'm I'm really impressed by how generous people have been. Um, some people don't even email me when they send me a tip; they just send me a tip. I mean, I think I got like five ether the other day from that's the beauty of, and, of this. Yeah, it's just they, like you don't need to sign up or tell someone that you're going to give them some money. You can just give them some money. Yeah. Although I, I like it when people email me as well. I mean, I appreciate it anonymous, but I like it when they email me and tell me who it is just because I'm kind of curious because also that gives me a chance to ask them questions like, you know, what do you like? What's working for you? Um, because they're, they're, like I said that I'm, you know, one thing I hope to do is to give developers a chance to, you know, stay off of Reddit. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of like, you know, financial people that are, you know, looking for token sales and, um, and whatnot, uh, that they use it as well. So there's a, you know, there's a pretty, my, my quote unquote customer of, of the subscriber is, is pretty varied. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, that, that's kind of the nature of the whole 
of the whole technology because it touches on so many aspects of how people communicate and automatically brings in money or like economics and finance as like at a base layer, you're going to, you're going to touch on all of these different things that normally you wouldn't have this mixture of people where here it's just, you just, you can't avoid it. Absolutely. I was going to say, um, one thing I do is the, the token sale calendar. Uh, and it's only, I do only do Ethereum. Uh, so I, I ignore all of the, like the independent chains, but, uh, I feel like that's a service maybe that, uh, I think it's, I mean, I think it's the best one that I, cause I compile it from a bunch of different sources and I put a, a bit of time into it. Uh, but some of those guys to get listed, like some of the, like the ICO listing sites, I mean, they try to charge these, these, you know, these entrepreneurs, you know, crypto project, uh, founders, they try to charge them like absurd rates, like $500, um, you know, just to like put a link up to their, to their project. Um, so well, I don't know that, that really rubs me the wrong way. Everyone's <laughs> like, I, 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 I've met a good amount of people in the space and I feel like there's, there's a good portion of them that are trying to find their niche in the space in any way that they can. And they would prefer to only do that as opposed to their normal day job. So they're trying to grind out something somehow. And because yeah. these ICOs are making millions of dollars almost like by default, they I feel like they're they're starting to feel like they can charge kind of exorbitant amounts just to kind of provide a very simple service. Yeah, I mean I guess we you know I'm not saying I, it's I, it's fair markets, by any means. Right, it's just yeah. it's it's that's like that's kind of that might be the reasoning behind doing it. It but we started the podcast just because we wanted to talk to people. That was the main reason for starting this whole podcast was like, how do we talk to people? I don't know. Tell them you're going to broadcast the conversation. Right. <laughs> Great. You can talk to anybody you want. And that grew over time. And I feel like you kind of did the same thing where like, how do I stop repeating myself? I'll start a newsletter. It turns out it's a, it's you're good at curating content and people need that service. Like your motivations for starting it are good. Whereas a lot of people jump into the space thinking, how can I monetize this and make cash off people who are too lazy to do what I'm trying to do? Yeah, there's definitely some of that for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the Wild West out there, right, in crypto these days. I mean, you know, anybody that is, you know, trying to make a buck, they're they're out there. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the market has not entirely adjusted to what seems reasonable to me in some things, including token sales. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that will happen. Well, how do you see or the, maybe it won't, maybe I'm wrong. You know, yeah. I mean, how maybe do, how do you see the future of, of all this going? Is that you're, it's clear you have an economic perspective. You have a, you have an economic perspective, at least a decent one. That's, it's like a more educated opinion than most based on your background. And like, how do you feel Ethereum is going to play out in the future as opposed in relation to other cryptocurrencies. Like, do you think that it's going to become like the, the main player in the space because it's able to innovate? Do you feel like it's going to become like a backend for others, like a, a, like a, a more financially stable token, like Bitcoin can, can kind of base its application on. Do you feel like, uh, 
there will be platforms on Ethereum that'll be worth more than Ethereum itself, kind of like what Maker is trying to do. Like, how do you, how, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, that that seems possible. I so I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of uh, Nassim Taleb, um, fooled by randomness, Black Swan, all of that stuff. Like, I think I've been a fan of his for a long time. Um, I I mean, I could try to predict the future, but I would be terrible at it. <laughs> That's the fun part of it. Like, <laughs> I. I yeah, I definitely, I mean, I definitely think it's possible that some of these projects will blow up and be bigger in terms of valuation than, than Ethereum. Um, I, I absolutely think that's possible. I, I think even like the crypto economics of Ethereum aren't set in stone yet, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen with proof of stake and, and sharding. And ultimately, you know, you, if you buy Ethereum, if you buy Ether, and what you're buying is, you know, the ability to, uh, to, 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 you're buying computing power on the, on the virtual machine, on the blockchain. And that is definitely not set in stone yet in the future, right? Like with, 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 with proof of stake, the, that the crypto economics is going to change with sharding that's going to change. So there's a, there's a lot of risk. I mean, it, who knows what, what it's going to be worth. Yeah, it's um, definitely what I would consider a high risk investment. Like it's it's a high risk, high reward scenario. Uh, and because the way I personally see it is that buying Ethereum is buying the ability to speak the language of every app that's built on top of Ethereum. And depending on what's built on top and the ability for other people to use those things and how popular those projects get automatically gives you a kind of larger valuation of Ethereum itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of that is even yet to be exactly determined. I mean, I, depending on how they go with proof of stake and charting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Ethereum. I, I own a decent, you know, a decent bit for me. Um, I wish I owned a lot more, but um, uh, I'm, I'm bullish. I, I wouldn't call myself like a maximalist, um, but yeah, I mean, it, what I, it's what I'm interested in. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't own any like any of the other chains really, uh, so I don't think I ever really have either. So you know, it's what excites me personally. The 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 privacy stuff I think is interesting, like like Zcash, um, but you know, I think it sort of remains to be seen whether you know if if Ethereum just just puts precompiled contracts that have zero knowledge proofs in then. Why do I need Zcash? <laughs> I was actually I was actually curious about that. We interviewed uh, Zuko a while ago on uh, the Block Channel podcast, and it, I was we talked to him, and there it's clear that the I guess lens that they're coming from is is almost purely scientific. They're trying to develop a really good application of zero knowledge proofs, and Zcash is kind of the first implementation of like a like use case for zero knowledge proofs. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, that, that's really easy to move around and, and, and do so. But if Ethereum can then implement the like zero knowledge proof part of Zcash, what does it mean for the evaluation of the ZEC token? Is it just gone? Does no one give a shit about it anymore because all of the functionality is now on Ethereum? Or is it going to be some type of port over where you have, where it's like kind of like a, it's a peg where like the blockchains are pegged together? Or if you have Zcash, you can then implement the privacy into your Ethereum smart contract. And like how that plays out is 
in my opinion, completely up in the air. And I have no idea what to think about it. No, I'm, I totally agree. I, I, I think you nailed it. I, I, I've listened to, you know, and, and read a bunch of what, of what Zuko has said. And I mean, it seems to me what motivates him is, is, is scientific, you know, is crypt, crypt, cryptological, right? I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he, um, cryptographers are, are pretty amazed at, you know, what he's done and in, in implementing zero knowledge proofs into a blockchain and they're impressed. And, um, I think he's motivated by, motivated by the science, but to be fair, like, I think what motivates Vitalik is the tech, right? I mean, um, you know, it's maybe more of like an applied science, which is why I would say tech, whereas Izuko is, is science, but, um, yeah, he definitely you know, I think it seems as though from an outside perspective, like from what I read on everything that he writes and the kind of what he spins his focus on is, yeah, he's made a significant amount of money, but the personality and the way he carries himself and what he's focused on and the amount of work that he puts into the project really kind of lends to the fact that he cares about advancing the technology to do something that can't be done yet and not... I'm making a shitload of money. Yeah. Which is important, right? Yeah, and totally. If you're going to have a leader, you might as well have a leader that's like that. I mean, Bitcoin you're doesn't talking, have a leader. You're talking, you're talking about, about Vitalik. Vitalik. I'm talking yeah, about Vitalik right, yeah. right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could probably say some of that for Zuko too. I, I just don't follow that as closely. Um, absolutely. I, I've Watching Vitalik and how he, how he carries himself from the start uh, is, um, you know... I knew he was going to have troubles managing the project. I mean, as a 19-year-old raising a bunch of money. Uh, and he did. I mean, I think he would admit he made some mistakes as well. Um, probably fired some people not as quickly as he should have. Maybe shouldn't have hired some of them in the first place. But I think he's learned from his mistakes, and he's you know he's doing a good job of pushing us towards uh, proof of stake and, and, and sharding. And you know, that's the other part of those is not only is the crypto crypto economics uh, not, not set in stone. So as, as if you are quote unquote investing in ether, that it remains to be seen, whether you'll, you know, lose lose all your money, break even, or, or, you know, become a billionaire. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it remains to be seen whether, whether that'll even be solved. I mean, those are pretty big computer science breakthroughs, right? So yeah, sharding especially. Proof of stake and sharding are ridiculously, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambitious. And yeah. what they're trying to do, especially when we've only now just come to the terms that holding consensus across multiple implementations across a, lar- a live network with bad actors is really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. And while we're figuring that out, we're also trying to kind of innovate on top of it. So it's, it's, it's a lofty goal, but it's people are like these guys are really trying to put forth the effort. Do you feel like there are like known bad actors in the scene? Oh man, that's that's a complicated question. Um, bad it, actor, like, like, right, like right now, like you have to you have that. to assume <laughs> that it like there is a percentage of everyone's motivation that is completely financial, and to what like what that percentage is we can only guess but we know that there is something into it because economics is built into the infrastructure of this technology you can assume that there's a financial goal in the like underlying motivation of what people are doing it's in some aspect so 
It's a matter of like looking at the person and then trying to guess how much of that person really cares about how much money they're going to make in the end and how much that person is just here because the technology is really cool and they want to see like their ideology is based on, you know, giving power back to the people or they're like, I'm going to be fucking rich. And you kind of have to ask that question from now on and it's much more transparent as opposed to traditional infrastructure. But I, I feel like no one's asking that question. Yeah, I think there's some people also that take a more long term, you know, um, what was, you know, Goldman, Goldman Sachs for for a long time, they had the phrase like long term greedy, you know, which is that like, we're, we're, we're greedy in the long term, like we try to do everything the right way. Um, and that will make us rich in the long run by doing things the right way, like thinking long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'd like to think that like that's what I'm doing with the newsletter build, by building a reputation in the long term um, because I'm certainly not making any money on it right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it remains to be seen. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. It's fun to think about. And that, that motivates me to keep doing it so far. Yeah. Uh, since I, I can't, since I can't, uh, I mean, I understand, you know, the decisions they're making on proof of stake, but I'm certainly not qualified to be doing them myself. So and I kind of like personally feel like if I just stay on top of the scene for a long period of time, you know, if this thing becomes completely ubiquitous 10 years from now, I'm going to have a lot of experience, which I can leverage to do whatever, whatever I want to do. Uh, it's not like there is an aspect of greediness associated to all this, but it's not malevolent, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I guess I I'd sort of uh, be active, try to try, try to produce value, and not try to worry about like eking out short term uh, monetary gains. I mean, you know, I, I would say like I've done entrepreneurial stuff in the past. I I mean, I I might do a token sale. I mean, I would not like foreclose the possibility of me coming up with a project that I want to devote you know my professional life to. Um, but I haven't yet and I'm not just going to go out and like, you know, do a token sale because I think I can raise money. You know, that's uh, way too, my integrity is worth way too, way, way more than, than whatever I could raise. I mean, I think we have seen some of that in this, in this space so far. I didn't put any money in or any ether in any value in. Um, but Hey, some people have, I don't, I don't get it, but you know, I also don't want to judge what people do with their money. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of excitement. Like take, take for instance, like, um, we'll just look at the, the, the canonical example, which is the Dow. Um, there's a lot, a lot of people put a lot of money into this, this concept and this idea. And this, and that's a, I, there's a lot of, in my opinion, reasons for it. One of them was because there was nothing else to put your ether into at the time. It was the first real big thing where you can like kind of do in the Ethereum space that wasn't just trade money. And with the amount of hype that got pushed with it, it became like, oh, sure, let's do that. Let's put money into that because I feel like I can get it out afterwards. And in the process of that, you have all of the fallout that that was associated with the DAO. Hard forks, people like losing confidence, ETC, a lot of like dumb shit. But in the end, like ultimately you have a lot of like really valuable lessons learned from how to 
work with this technology, how to build smart contracts, how to talk about the projects you're doing and push them out to the public and so on and so forth. So like, what's the, like, do you feel like these, these projects that are like maybe just trying to make a buck or in the end making the community stronger because they're able to realize you have a, you have a better, you have another example of a shitty ICO or a bad idea or people trying to make a buck. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm that optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I absolutely with the doubt. I, I think, you know, lessons were learned. I mean, there's definitely a renewed, in, uh, well, not even renewed. I mean, there wasn't as much of a, of a focus on contract security. So the fact that, you know, everybody now started freaking out about contract security, I think is, has been a, a huge blessing in disguise. Um, I, I, you know, I, I didn't put money in the Dow. I, I, to me, I thought it was a, a negative idea from the start. Uh, I, you know, I was saying negative things about it on Reddit at the time. Uh, I wrote up like my own, like personal, like 10, 10 reasons why I thought the Dow was a terrible, awful idea. Um, and I, I was close to getting around to publishing it, but I hadn't quite like finished it and edited it. Uh, so I never published it. And then of course, uh, it got hacked and I was like, oh, why did I not publish that? <laughs> <laughs> that would have um, been perfect. Yeah, it really, I really, it was like, gosh, and that was, and that was one of the other reasons why I started the newsletter is like, man, I got to really force myself to hit publish, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really probably would have made a name for myself because I, I'd been saying like, this is a terrible idea and I, you know, telling friends and, and some Reddit comments. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, the Reddit, you know, the Dow was a good example of, yeah, things, th good things have come from that. Uh, you know, some of the other examples that we've had, I don't know if, I don't know if we will see uh, good things come from some of the other, you know, what I consider to be poorly thought out token sales. But, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't like, you know, railing on people's projects. It, it remains to be seen as well, whether they end up being, you know, full on bad examples. Um, all right, well, let's, let's, let's take this kind of to a different like aspect of the entire community because like the, all of the token sales that are going on right now, and they don't get the same light that the Dow got because when the Dow happened, it was the only one that was happening. Now you have many multiple things happening in the space. Anyone can build a token on the, on Ethereum and then create an ICO around an idea that they have. What, what becomes difficult is managing the digital assets associated with each of these ICOs if you choose to invest in a lot of them? Do you feel like there's a good platform coming out that helps people like look at their portfolio or keep track of what's going on or they, they, they need to kind of really keep on the grindstone of the things? Let's be honest. Okay, well, I'll say do your due diligence before you invest in something. Make sure you know what you're doing and then keep track of that investment. Well, it's really easy to throw people look up Lether for, for some tokens and then forget about them or like, and then maybe, you know what I mean? So yeah, how do people manage this kind of Cambrian explosion of, of tokens and the evaluation of those tokens or like whether or not people give a shit about those tokens? I'm out of Washington, you there? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, that's one of the limiting factors, right, about 
Yeah, we've cut out a little bit here. Can you hear yeah. me? Yeah, I can hear you. Not anymore. Seems like we're having some network issues. Yeah. Can you hear me? I hear you. Can you hear me? I hear me? you. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the limiting factors on on the bad actors as well, right? I mean, that's that's the flip side is that when we have more token sales, um, it is going to be harder for the, you know, I think it's going to be a little harder to hype your bad project. Um, also, there is, you know, Daniel Zacharyson was, you know, was doing a crowd sale analyst um, and then he, he got hired by Economy. So he's, he's more or less stopped doing them. Um, that is a niche that, you know, somebody I think should fill. They would create a name for themselves relatively quickly, just like Daniel did. Um, you know, I've, I, I've tried to push myself into doing it, but as I've, as I've said, I, I don't like giving, you know, negative reviews um, mm -hmm. to stuff. Uh, yeah. How do, I mean, is your question more about like platforms? I, I, I don't know if I have a, Oh, just a conversation. Great. Like it's it's like how do we how do we how do we deal with that? Because like that's almost not wanting to give negative views is something that I've thought about in the past as well. Because like people need to know when something is bad, but there's this kind of reluctance to trash someone else's project. Like a lot of like if people would have spoken up a little more about the DAO, there may have been less money put into it. Or like if people would have like, if there's a lot of kind of holding back of opinions when someone doesn't like something. And so all you get when you look online, because this community is so decentralized, is a lot of really positive, helpful, the fuck is going on over there? Yeah, sorry. I don't know. That's cool. You got kids? That's fine. We can cut it out. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You were saying about helpful community. and Yeah, well, I'll, I'll kind of start it over so I can cut it back out. So, like, all you, all you get nowadays is, like, everyone trying to help everyone else do things and no one shitting on or, like, warning others of maybe a possibly a possibly bad project it's like you have bug bounties good that's a that's a positive reinforcement for figuring out why something is bad um but with 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 like bad actors there's no way to like objectively say they're bad actors it's you kind of have this environment of everyone supporting everyone else and no one saying you're a piece of shit there's no reason why anyone should ever invest in you Without, like, like and, and, and in some cases, that may be necessary. But I feel like you're not going to get that. And, and we saw that with Adele. Like, I'm not going to say, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that those guys are pieces of shit. They did a hell of a job trying to do something that was really ambitious. And right. unfortunately, it didn't work out. But there are cases where people have lost money because people have taken advantage of them. And there wasn't a community of people to point that out really quickly. Yeah, I mean it is it is the wild west. Um, I, you know, hopefully there is, uh, yeah, there, there's some skill needed to be done of due diligence of not just following the crowd. I, I think if uh, 
you know, if somebody doesn't do due diligence, they should like, you know, figure out who to ask <laughs> privately um, or hire somebody or, or something like that to, to put their money in for them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 you know, as somebody who believes in the free market, I, I have no illusions that uh, markets are not 100% efficient, but, you know, hopefully people will learn from their mistakes, I guess. Mm. Or they can just follow your newsletter and really get an idea of what's going on. Yeah. You know, I, I'm probably more positive about the things that I think are great and more slightly more negative. Um, But, you know, again, I, you're right. I don't necessarily like call people out that I think are doing things that I disagree with, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's good that we have a positive community. I, I mean, there's, I don't think we've really seen like real, any really bad actors so far in the space. No, um, I wouldn't say so, well, but I feel I like as some, it grows, but, yeah. I mean, as it, as it grows, you're going to, it's as any population grows, the, the percentage of that population grows as, of, of bad actors also grows. And yeah, when it blows up, you have a, you have a, you know, requisite blow up of shitty people. Every community has assholes. The larger the community, the more assholes you have. That's that goes without saying. And whatever you do, and if we don't kind of have an ability to figure out how to deal with those people, then some people get taken advantage of. But that may be just a consequence of a really, really free market environment that this, this like this whole technology is. Yeah, I mean, people get taken advantage of in finance too um i have a random example but the you know, the governor of virginia got uh convicted of of br- taking a bribe or i don't know some sort of some sort of public corruption uh, a couple of years back uh and he just got i don't know i actually think it was probably not like he was wasn't really corrupt he was kind of like just doing what his wife wanted him to but uh he he had a really close relationship with this uh businessman who basically had been running pump and dump and had like made, you know, tens of millions of dollars on repeated pump and dumps of, uh, like micro cap stocks. Um, that, you know, it happens in real world outside of crypto as well. So, uh, and you know, the sec, like, I mean, he, this guy has some sec fines and whatnot in his past, but he stayed out of jail. (laughs) Yeah. That's definitely Uh, like, that's a good way to kind of look at it is that, you can't damnify the technology because it happens here when it also happens, you know, ridiculously in the traditional, like the traditional financial technology. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so a lot of people don't know this, but I mean, a lot of like ETFs and, and stuff, um, you know, Wall Street designs these ETFs, but, you know, they front run their own ETFs, right? Or other people on Wall Street like figure it out. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Wall Street is not like some pristine, you know, everybody looks yeah, after. I don't think anyone they, believes that. They look that. after other people. Yeah, they certainly shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mutual funds are great at like hiding their fees as well. I mean, that's just the, the nature of the game. Uh, I don't I don't work for any of those industries, so I feel free to, to, to tell the truth. I mean, um you know, even like private equity and hedge funds. I mean, theoretically, these are accredited investors who, you know, do their due diligence, but 
you know, there's been some surveys of, you know, um, you know, benchmarking surveys. And it turns out that like a lot of these people, even institutions and pension funds, like barely understood, you know, some of the waterfall provisions and stuff like that, that were in their, in the, in the deals that they were investing in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's just, that's just the way it is. And this is no different. Right. I think that's, yeah. I mean, look at Madoff, I mean, or, or any of those, yeah. I mean, this is like, I mean, the amount of, of intelligent people who put money into Madoff or, you know, th- things like that over the years. I mean, there's always a, a Madoff that's popping up. It's almost actually surprising that Madoff got it into our popular culture so much more than, than other guys. Cause this does really pop up every few years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll happen in crypto, but it happens in the outside world too. So be ready for it. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good way to kind of cap this off. Do you want to, you want to plug anything? Uh, tell people where to find you, how to how to talk to you, get your newsletter, anything else that you're interested in. Yeah, uh, the the newsletter is uh, weekinethereum.com. Uh, you can sign up for the email. Um, I guess at the bottom of every issue, there's a there's a link. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Evan underscore Van underscore Ness, um, and I also have a a personal blog that I post on here and there. Um, evanvanness.com. Uh, yeah, that's it. I got, I got nothing else to plug. I'm, I'm pretty independent in the space and hopefully the newsletter reflects that and always will. Yeah. I've, I've always been, I've been a huge fan myself. That's, uh, that's one of the, the kind of few places that I kind of look to, to see if I shore up anything that I personally missed throughout my like scouring for things. And also it's like a nice archive of, um, looking back to see like if I, if I try to try to tell someone about something, it's like, Oh, it's on this week of, of your, <laughs> and it's an easy way for me to kind of keep track of when things happen, what happened in that time and so on and so forth. So I, I, I recommend anyone kind of, if they're interested in Ethereum and all the projects inside of it to, to sign up for it. So thanks for, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg.